We're, we're going to mute you for a quick moment, just so you know. We'll bring you on uh, after Keith does the intro. He'll say, hey, are you with us? And we'll go from there. That was the okay. best okay. intro ever. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going to go with that for an intro. <laughs> It's time to hit the trail, lock in those hubs, and throw it into low range. Because you are listening to Wheel It with Keith and Johnny Orange. They're here to talk about 4x4s, trucks, and everything to do with enjoying the great outdoors. Buckle up. Here's your hosts, Keith and Johnny Orange. All right, folks. Welcome to Wheelin', uh, the 4x4 off-road lifestyle podcast. Uh, I am Keith, of course, Keith Codette. Uh, I don't have a stage name or anything, but I'm sitting across from Johnny Orange. What and, up? And uh, Andrew, the producer, is back in studio. Welcome, Andrew. Andrew, the producer, for all of you who have been following our social media stuff and everything, I think some of you who really follow what we do know that Andrew's been out of the studio for a few weeks now. And the reason why is Mr. Andrew, the producer, is now a daddy. Uh, so round of applause for that. Um, weirdly enough, Andrew, the producer, ended up with my daughter. And uh, so I am now a grandpa. Um, and it's Grandpa a, Keith. Yeah. I love it. Oh, my. No, I'm not Grandpa Keith on the show, John. Not nope, Grandpa nope, Keith. Nope, that's your new name. Oh, my God, no. So for everybody who wants to hear it and make Keith's uh, new stage name Grandpa Keith, uh, go ahead and post on 4x4 Talk that that's what you want to hear oh more from God. Of is oh. Grandpa Keith. Oh, my God. So, anyways, uh, he has a beautiful baby boy. He was born 7 pounds, 11 ounces. His name's Declan. Uh, just a cute little thing. Seven Eleven. I love it. Yeah, exactly. He's about the size of a big gulp. It's awesome. <laughs> and uh, so, <laughs> anyways, uh, you know, today... Uh, we're going to do something a little bit different. Uh, we're bringing on a special guest, and this is a special guest to me. Now, I know that we've had some big industry names and stuff in the last few episodes, and this is a guy that if you are not in Michigan, you probably have never heard of him. However, however, and I'm going to give... You may have spent a weekend with him. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. However, however, if you... Uh, live in northern Michigan or in the upper peninsula of Michigan, it does seem like everyone seems to know him somehow, and I've never quite figured that one out. Maybe he can explain to us. Uh, Mr. Bernie Stanaway uh, from originally Nagani, Michigan, and now he lives out of state, but we have Bernie on the phone. Are you there, Bernie? I'm here. All right, Bernie. You know, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to start off with this. I don't even know how, and maybe you can explain it to me, but it does seem to me that like everyone I've ever met in the off-road world, the 4x4 world, that lives in the UP or maybe north of Grayling, Michigan, seems to know you somehow, and I've never quite figured that out. Like, um, Why? Why does everyone know you, Bernie? Uh, I was in the military and got to know a lot of people there and traveled, traveled all over the place and wheels all over the place, so I'm... Oh, that's what I'm chalking it up to. Well, okay, fine. But you said you're in the military. You are a Marine Semper Fi. Um, I'm not a Marine, but um, I tell you what, for our listeners who have been listening to the show for a long time, you know I lost my dad a little bit over a year ago. He was a Marine as well. He met Bernie several times throughout the years, thought the world of Bernie. Bernie came down, um, him and his wife, Jen, came down. They drove at the time like seven hours down to my dad's uh, wake that we had. 
totally unexpected. Um, they, by far, they were the furthest people that traveled to that. Um, and, you know, Bernie has been a lifelong friend of mine. And I'm going to explain to you how I met Bernie in a minute. But, Bernie, once again, I got it. <laughs> I got to thank you very much for coming down and saying your respects to another jarhead who passed away. That meant the world to me. It meant to the world of my mom, meant the world of my family. Oh, you're, you're really appreciated. I want, you know, especially a friend, a friend's friend's family who is a Marine. I'm going to try to make my, make my uh, condolences known. Absolutely. Absolutely. You, you are, I respect you. Like you can't believe for that. And so many other things that you've done. Um, I'm going to tell you how, John, you're listening, and I know um, I'm going to tell you how I met Bernie. I don't know if I've told you this before, but this is kind of an interesting story. So uh, <laughs> he starts laughing. <laughs> all right, all right. So uh, I used to belong the very first four by four club, and I'm using air quotes right now because it was not much of a club. I used to belong to a club called the Internet Trail Riders, and this is when the internet was new. I mean, we're talking late '90s, early 2000s. I was there. Uh, yeah, you were like seven. Ouch. Yeah, anyways. So, <laughs> anyways, um, the internet trail riders, and we had, like, we would communicate via some emails and some forums and things like that. Uh, internet was in its infancy. Facebook didn't even exist. Um, it was back in the MySpace days. Got it. Yeah, I never had one of those. But um, Lucas, who was active in the internet trail riders, uh, and you know who Lucas mm-hmm. is. He's a mutual friend of ours. He had put together this winter wheeling run up in the UP, uh, Upper Peninsula, Michigan, for you who live outside of Michigan. If you don't know the what the UPA. UP is, it's the UPers, you know, the UP. Uh, Michigan's two run. peninsulas. If you don't know the geography of Michigan, you're an idiot. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> Michigan. It's very simple. Turn your right hand facing you and look at it. Well, pretty much. And then your left hand is the rabbit yep. that lives on the top. Yep. <laughs> there you go. So, uh, you know. Anyways, I don't know exactly. Maybe Bernie can extrapolate upon this a little bit. But somehow, Lucas and Bernie got talking, I think, over the internet. And Bernie had said, hey, come on up, and you you and your guys can stay in my RV. And I'm pretty sure that was the term he used. You can stay in my RV. and Camper. We, camper. Okay, so he used camper. <laughs> How did you know Lucas? How, was it through the internet, or did you know him through somebody else? Was it through Brian or something like that? No, I actually met Lucas. Uh, it was either Internet Trail Riders or through Michigan Teepers. Okay, all right. All now defunct stuff. But um, so he had met him and said, we can stay in the camper. So myself, and I'm not, I'm using uh, no last names for a purpose here, but myself and uh, <laughs> a cop buddy named Mike, my little brother, <laughs> Brett, who you know, um, and. Um, I'm trying to think who else was with us. Oh, another guy named Brian. I imagine Lucas would be in this. Yeah, and then Lucas, we, so there's like five of us, we come up. And we drive up, and at the time, all of us were working jobs where we had to leave like after work. So we leave like, I think, three, four o'clock in the afternoon. And we drive up, you know, straight through snowstorms, all of that. We pull up into Marquette, Michigan, where uh, Mr. Bernie was living at the time. And or maybe you lived in a suburb of Marquette, but he basically Greater Marquette area. And we pull up into Marquette, and you know, as a Lower Michigan guy, we hate snow. We're we, called you know, trolls. Yeah, trolls. So, you know, we're called trolls. Like like four inches of snow for us, and the world ends. I mean, we go up there, and there's like 
you know, foot and a half of snow everywhere, and it's cold as hell. Sounds and, like a good time. Yeah. So here's this little house in, in Greater Marquette area. We pull up. None of us really know Bernie at all. We go up. We're like, what are we doing? We don't see a camper anywhere. We go knock on the door. You didn't hear banjos at the start of the story. A little did you? bit, a little okay. bit. You know, so <clears throat> Bernie comes to the door and he's like, "Come on in, guys!" So he comes out and he hands us all a beer and stuff, and we're all like chilling for a minute. And he's like, "All right, yeah, I got the camper out here." And we're like, "What is he talking about?" We go out there. He's got a pop up. So and it's covered <laughs> in snow, and so we get the snow off. We get the thing popped up. We get he had one of those little like personal electric heaters. We get that thing in there. We get it heated up. And when I say heated up, I don't think it was more than 40 degrees in there. Okay. Perfect sleeping weather. Oh, I Jesus, love it. John. So, <laughs> you know, we got sleeping. five of us jammed in this thing. Now, mind you, my little brother, Brett, at the time is about, he. Might, what do you think, Bernie? You think he's about 15, 16 at the time? 17? Right around there, yeah. Yeah, something like that. 15, 16. Yeah. So, you know, we, we all hop in this camper. At, but mind you, we'd been... You know, into the night drinking, and, and you know, it's enough years have passed that I'm not going to get you know arrested for this. But I'm like, I said to my brother, I'm like, hey man, if you want to have a couple of beers with Bernie and the guys, that's fine. You know, so Brett's drinking with Bernie and everybody else, and I'm like, just don't be stupid. We so the four of us minus my brother go out to the camper, the pop up. We go to sleep. I wake up in the morning. Brett's not even there. Oh. Okay, I step out of the camper. And as soon as I step out of the camper, the whole thing flips because <laughs> there's no outrage. More of the weights on the back side of it. And I hear Lucas and Mike on the back of the thing. And Mike's like, what the hell, Lucas? Why are you on top of me? <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and I'm like, what is going on here? And I just look and I get in the camper. I help get it down. We didn't have any outriggers on it. It's the whole weight you know, thing. And this thing. But I'm like, where the hell is Brett? I go in the house and... You know, she's an absolute saint. Bernie's wife, Jen, is in there, and she's cooking, like, more pancakes than I've ever seen in my life. She's got, like, 50 pancakes on trays. She's, like, cooking pancakes left and right. And there's my brother sitting on the couch, and he is drunk as you cannot believe. <laughs> Him and Bernie have been drinking beer. I don't know if he had a keg or not. I don't remember, but, you know. Yeah, they, I did have a keg in the backyard. You had a keg, yeah. <laughs> and you and Brett are sitting there drinking, and I'm like, what is going on here? And Brett is like, I mean, he's just out of it. It's like. You know, five or nine o'clock in the morning, and I'm like, okay, this is gonna be fun. <laughs> and anyway, so so that day we went wheeling with Bernie. Um, at the time, you had a Jeep with a small block Ford, didn't you? Or was it was something else. No, that was my CJ7. Oh yeah, the CJ7 back then. And uh, so yep. we went wheeling in the snow with Bernie. Uh, we had just an absolute blast of a time. And this was better part of 20 years ago. And uh, Bernie and I have remained lifelong friends. Um, so that's how I know Bernie and, uh, my brother knows Bernie and, uh, you know, I actually consider Bernie family. Um, that's just how it is. He's, he's been part of my life. I mean, we only see each other maybe once or twice a year. Um, and now that he has moved out of state, I, you know, moved out might, of Michigan, I call him a traitor. No, 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 no. He moved <laughs> into some good wheeling ter territory. We can talk about oh, that in a minute. Oh, oh. Yeah, I'll but, give you that one. You know, talking about <clears throat> UP wheeling and all that. Um, you know, seemed like every UP wheeler, including like the NMU Trailcats and everybody up there seemed to know Bernie back in the day and, um, just a stand-up guy. So that's kind of my introduction to how the heck I know Bernie Stanaway. And, you know, like I said, stand-up cool dude. Um, Bernie, um, we got to get you talking here for a minute. So how did you get involved in wheeling? How did you get into the world four by fours? Well, I've always liked them, uh, 
when I was in the military, I was in North Carolina, and they were big on mud bogs in North Carolina. So I kind of built a mud bogger, and uh, I really didn't enjoy it that much because it was 10, 15 seconds, and you're done. Then you had to sit around and wait for hours. Uh, that sounds like John's love life. But, oh. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> and anyway, we're not so making this an I after show. Out. This is a main wheeling episode, All not right. not another trail, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, when I, when I uh, got out of the military, I moved to California uh, about an hour hour and a half south of the Rubicon Trail. And being from North Carolina, I went out and bought this big, huge F two fifty lifted, bigger tires, four sixty. The thing would almost pull the front end off the ground. It was so powerful, and I loved it. But uh, I went to go run the Rubicon with a friend of mine, and there's no way my truck would fit without causing lots of do- body damage. And other other people had told me I should have bought a Jeep. Uh, so I ended up selling that and getting a 55 FJ40, I think it was. I never knew you had a Land Cruiser. Yep, I had a Land Cruiser. I had oh, an FJ40. Oh, oh I, I like you even more. Anyways, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, I lost a little well, respect anyway, for him. Up. Everyone tells him he should get a Jeep. He gets a Land Cruiser. Oh, <laughs> Kidding, of course. I just have to be difficult. Yeah. You, you can ask Keith on that one. <laughs> uh, anyway, I uh, was using it to commute back and forth to work at the time, and I was, I was spinning wrenches for a living at a, at a Chevrolet dealership out in California. And uh, I was using it to commute. I usually took the back roads, but I was running late, so I decided to take the highway. Uh, that's not a good thing when you got, uh, I can't remember what that Land Cruiser came with for something gears and a little V six and a three speed. It doesn't, doesn't handle 80 very well. No, <laughs> no, they're not famous for their highway mile or their highway abilities. No, not at all. So, so I spun a bearing in it. So, uh, Ooh. it got pushed to my garage and I bought a cheap commute car for a little while, rebuilt it, wheeled the hell out of that for a lot of years or no, about a year, year and a half. And then, uh, the body was getting a little punky on it. So I was going to, uh, do a body swap. You know, I'm, I working at a garage, Chevy garage. So I have a lift and everything there. And the only thing the Chevy dealership told me I had to do was contact the Bureau of Automotive Repair. I was like, okay, that that's, that's easy enough to do. Well, I'll do that. Call them up, ask them what I need to do to do a body swap. They said, you need to register it as a, this was in 98. They said I had to register it as a 1998 vehicle. So that meant I need a smog pump, EGR valve, uh, Ew. Cat- Cadillac converter, uh, a Cadillac converter, catalytic. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, well, this doesn't make sense. I'm just putting a replacement body on it. And they said, well, that con- it's considered a kit car at that point. So, uh, after thinking about it for a little while, I said, no, I'm not going to do a body. I'm just going to sell it. And I was so fed up with the, uh, smog, smog BS in California that I said, screw it. I'm going to move back home to Michigan. Good choice. So I moved back home to Michigan and, uh, I had a Jeep Cherokee that I wheeled the shit out of, uh, not too modified. Just, you know, we'd go, go down back roads and uh, I'd have my kids pick, you know, right, left, straight or whichever, whichever way you could go. And we ended up having, having quite a few epic stucks with that one. <laughs> nice. Uh, uh, and then when I got about a year and a half after moving, that's when I bought my CJ7 so I could just concentrate on wheeling. And that's when I met Lucas and Keith and all them guys. 
you know that's what that's what I've been doing. That's that. Yeah, I mean that. And then from that on, you've you've had a couple of different rigs. You had a YJ with a small block Ford. Um, you've had different rigs over the years. Uh, you've you've had side by sides. You've gotten into the motorcycle world for a little while. You're an all around off road guy, which is really cool. And, uh, you know, it, it's funny, you know, uh, speaking of a little house in Marquette they used to have, um, you know, I think I've told John the story before about when I blew the clutch in the S10. Probably. Well, you know, Bernie's the guy that, you know, came up with, you know, so I, we were doing the Mount Arvon area, and I don't know if that's a public land or private or whatever. You would know more than I would, but we're up there, and uh, I had a little S10 regular cab, and I blew the clutch in it. We were wheeling, I had like 31s and cut fenders on it, you know, and, and like I said, G80 GovLock rear end in it. So I basically had three, well, two-and-a-half-wheel drive on that. Well, I mean, you've got one front. You know, there's no lockers or anything. Yeah, one yeah. front and a crappy limited slip in it. So um, but I had blown the clutch on it, and they told me back to Bernie's place, and uh, we needed to do a clutch. We went down to Napa and got a clutch and all that. But there was so much mud and clay and everything packed underneath it. And uh, I'll never forget this. You know, Bernie goes, man, he goes, uh, no, he's, I got this. We'll get this cleaned out. And I'm thinking he's gonna, he goes up to his shed or whatever. And he, I'm figuring he's coming back with a power washer. No, he comes back with one of those little old-fashioned sprinklers that, like, goes back and forth. And he throws it on. He throws it on a hose, and he throws it under the under the S10. And we're like, uh, "What?" And he's like, "I got some beer." And so we sit out on his porch drinking beers, watching the sprinkler for like three hours just go back and forth <laughs> underneath the S10, cleaning the mud out from underneath it. And then we eventually That's pulled awesome. the pulled the trans out and did a so clutch on it. So it's like bleeding brakes. And you just run yard. the fluid until what? it comes out clear. <laughs> you remember I that, love Bernie? It. But- Yes, but I was just going to say, did it or did it not work? <laughs> it worked just fine. It worked just fine. That's awesome. I would have never thought of putting a sprinkler <laughs> under it. And then if you remember Wait, that was, S10. Was it the one that like clicks back and forth or the long one that just rotates back long and forth? long one that rotates oh, back I and forth. I love it. I love yeah, it. Yeah, and uh, on top of that, you know, the body mounts were so rusted on that truck. So your carpet was soaked also, right? It was, it was a 2.8. No, no, it was a 2.8 S10. Okay. And it, and if you know anything about the 2.8 S10s, the 2.8 was a Chevy Citation engine, which was a front-wheel drive car that they then like modified to fit in the S-series chassis. Mm-hmm. And when they did that, the top two bell housing bolts sit right up against the firewall. Ugh. You cannot get them out without either drilling holes through the firewall or lifting the body. That well, sucks. so we're under there and the body mounts are all rusted and everything. And we're like, oh man, how are we going to get these off? And I'm pretty sure it was Bernie who was like, well, this truck's pretty screwed up anyways. Let's just throw a high lift jack on it. And so we put it on the rockers and we like broke the body mounts, <laughs> picked it up and we pulled the drads out. And I mean, it was just UP, uh, Uper redneck engineering. And I love it. Got the thing going uh, and drove it back, uh, you know, home, which was like a seven hour drive back home. And uh, I had no problem with it because I didn't trailer stuff back then. I mean, you know, Bernie is definitely one of my very early 4x4 and wheeling, um, you know, friends. And he's one of the guys that has really stuck around all these years. And that kind of stuff and that kind of, you know, wheeling on a budget thing um, has, has, has really stuck with me. And speaking of that, you know, Bernie, I mean, you've had some cool rigs, but, you know, Every rig I've ever known you to have um, has always been built on a budget. You've always uh, really kind of watched your dollars and stuff like that. You know, everything you've ever had, like what's been your favorite modification or your favorite uh, setup that you ever did that didn't cost you a million dollars? You know, what was what was your uh, 
what was your go-to that you really enjoyed thinking back all your wheeling years? My my favorite modification would be welded welded spiders. Welded spider gears? Oh hell yeah! Lincoln lockers. Lincoln lockers, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Because uh, you can have the nicest rig in the world, but if you, if you don't have any traction, you're you're not going to any place. True story. Like, uh, let me tell you this little story. When I first bought my Jeep, it came. It was already lifted. It had 33 inch tires on it. They were TSL boggers, and uh, I went out wheeling with a bunch of people and. Uh, Ryan, I can't remember his name. He had that big ass Bronco. Oh uh, yeah, uh, the moved up to Alaska. Yes, yes. Yeah, and I saw him when I went up to Alaska a few years ago. Yeah, no, we don't need to say his last name, but I know who you're talking about. Yep. Okay, as long as you know who I'm talking about. Yep. Uh, he was his, he was his wife is Heidi. Heidi. Yes, yes, yes. And they used to have that and, uh, uh, that old that that husky dog that uh, I don't remember what the dog's name was, but they had that that Alaskan husky Malamute dog or whatever it was. That'd be a pretty yeah. dog. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. I know exactly what you're talking about. Well, anyway, he, uh, he was out there and you know, he, he was, uh, he had lockers front and rear and climbed right up the hill. And then there was, a, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in this YJ, you know, probably, probably if you, if you bought it when I didn't, I bought it when I had problems and I fixed the problems. But, uh, if you would have bought it without any problems, it probably would have been about eight grand, you know, wouldn't have been a what was that? Would not have been a Jeep then. You can't have a Jeep without problems. <laughs> true, true, true. <clears throat> true story. Uh, anyway, I'm on I'm on 33 TSLs, and I can I can't even get halfway up the hill because the guy built it looked looked nice, but it was open front and rear. Mm, yeah. So so when I built the YJ, the first thing I did was is I put a spool. In, I I was going to weld them, but I was since I was swapping axles anyway. I decided to. Uh, um, just to get it built with a spool. So, so I ran a spool and after that, and after, and it's kind of funny cause I had a, I had a twin stick, I did a 20 twin stick in it. Ooh. Half, half the trails I would do, I'd do in two wheel drive lower range. Nice. Nice. Absolutely. Absolutely. You, um, you, when you swapped axles, what did you run like seventies Ford axles in that or something? Yeah, I ran a, I can't, can't remember what the nine inch was out of. It was a 70 something Ford. Big bearing nine inch uh, that had four ten gears in it. I, I wanted four tens because I knew with the V eight. Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. Four ten, four tens would be perfect. I didn't want to go any any numerically bigger. And uh, so I ran four tens and had it had the rear built with a spool. Then I found a high boy uh, seventy eight front end. That my front end is is quite a conglomeration because the front end. The inners, the C's and everything was, was factory high boy. Then the knuckles were Chevy flat tops. The spindles and everything else out was T- Ford TTB stuff. Hmm. Yeah, it all bolts together. Basically, you had an 8-lug Dana 44 high pinion in the front of it, which is a good combination. I mean, you pretty much had all the best Dana 44 stuff in the front of that Jeep. Yes, yes, and I, I love I love that Jeep. I you know I had thirty five fifteen boggers on it, and besides the bogger crawl, you know when it grabs the la- ro- the the lines in the highway and follows the lines, it would track straight at eighty miles an hour. Now oh, wow, that nice. that's the Jeep that you flopped on its side, right? Yes. Tell yes, us about that. Cool. Tell that was- us about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were running with Todd, 
and uh, Todd had a Jeep built with with uh, he had air lockers front and rear and good gearing and good all kinds of other stuff and and uh, he was trying to make it up the hill and he kept having problems and I said hold on a second what the problem is is you're not getting enough speed I'll I'll get it and I'm trying to <laughs> yeah speed saves all right you know yeah all right <laughs> <laughs> and I was trying to uh, straddle the humps because at the time I had thirty four nine fifties on there TSLs. Yeah, the tall, and, the tall narrows. Those were good though. I remember those tires in that thing. That, those were good tires. Oh, yeah, I, I love the tires. You just got to remember that you are really tall and floppy. <laughs> yeah, but for Michigan wheeling, those tall skinnies seem to work good because you you cut through the mud and you hit the hard bottom. If you have a hard bottom, you know. They, I was just gonna say if you have a hard bottom. Exactly, exactly. But if you have a hard bottom, you know they cut through it better than a wide tire like a fourteen fifty or something. I I remember that you were the actually. Uh, Bernie, you were like one of the first person, first people I ever knew that um, adopted the tall skinny idea outside of the mud drag racers. And, you know, I remember seeing your YJ in action and I'm like, he's onto something here because, you know, he's cutting down through eight or nine inches of sloppy stuff and he's hitting the hard bottom and then he's just nailing it. And you had the power with the V8 and you were able to just like, slam it and go and you know we had guys on some of the runs that we did that were running taller tires but they were real wide but they couldn't get any traction they were just in that slime and you know they're cutting down three or four inches into this stuff and they're not hitting any hard bottom so that was where my belief uh actually started to develop for the tulls and skinnies i i I really prefer going, you know, no wider than a 1250 wide tire because of some of uh, what I've seen you do on the trail in the UP. Now, of course, it's different what part of the country you're in, but in Michigan, as you know, a lot of times we have, you know, maybe three to 12 inches of mud, and then you get down to sand or rock, depending on the area of Michigan you're in, before you hit a hard bottom. So tall and skinnies really work well, usually in Michigan, unless you're doing like snow wheeling. Yeah, they do not work very well in snow. <laughs> no, no, they don't work at well in snow. But, but anyways, yeah. So back to your story. You were telling us about how you flopped and all that. Well, let me let me back up a little bit more and remind you that I did the engine and drivetrain uh, swap before I did the axle swap. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. I forgot because you were originally running on what the thirty and thirty-five. Is that what you had in it? Yes, yes, I had a Dana thirty and a Dana thirty-five. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, just to remind you of that, so I had the V8 in it, but I did not have I did not have the the stronger axles. Uh, anyway, so I decided that I was going to show up our buddy Todd and stay on the on the mounds. You know what I'm talking about? When the mounds of the of the two track. Yeah, not and, not the mounds off road park, but you were kind of in the that we were doing. Was that near Arvon or whatever? We were kind of doing the fire trails where it kind of like whooped up and down. Is that what you're talking about? No, 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 no. no. That that was. Uh, that was uh, out in out towards Gwyn where we were that day. Oh, okay. Yep. No, I know the area you're talking about. Yep. Well, anyway, I tried to stay on the on the mounds and just drive up the trail because I knew that if I stayed on the mounds, I could get up there. Well, I got a little too close to the edge and the tires fell in, and it would it would you know now if I they would have just fell in and slid it sideways, it'd been fine. But slid sideways, hit the hit the other mound, and over I went. <laughs> I've seen pictures. Now, I was not on that run that Bernie did that, but I saw the pictures. And, uh, you know, how much damage did the uh, YJ ensue through that adventure? Uh, was it pretty banged up, or did it survive pretty well? It had none. 
Oh man, that's perfect. Nice. That's perfect. So 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 Todd backed his Jeep down winch and I had a winch on it too, but it was just easier to use his considering then I didn't have to do any weird angles with mine and hooked it to a tree and then uh snatch blocked it back to mine and pulled my pulled me back over and now nice. fine. I I checked the oil and checked everything and made sure everything was fine and away I went. Nice. That's awesome. Now, cor- okay, switching gears a little bit here for a minute. Correct me if I'm wrong, but uh uh were you not the gentleman that had a little bit of an instance with a winch and a fair lead? Maybe were you running eighty two seventy four Warren or something? No, there's a, a well. That's what I ran. Yeah, I ran eighty two seventy four. But that my wife's going to kill me if she listens to this. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't incriminate yourself, Bertie. Don't incriminate yourself. That's that's quite all right, John. We were going on a run. And a buddy of mine who's a preacher, he, he, he drives a Jeepster. He was he came with me. And uh, we were helping somebody unload their Jeep from a trailer, and their, their Jeep was not uh, highway-friendly at all. So, And this was out in Gwyn again, and uh, I was trying to help him, just help him get his Jeep ready to go. So I was rolling in the, rolling in the winch. And I always, this is just something that I always do. I always follow with my hand. Well, as I'm following with my hand... Somebody saw the saw the uh, uh, the hook sitting there, so he threw it onto the tow hook. Well, I wasn't quite ready for it, and the, he had one of those uh, very very fast winches that's even faster than the eight two seven four. And it, it slammed my hand into the into the uh, into the fair lead. I ended up having like thirty seven stitches and twenty three breaks, or maybe it's twenty three stitches and thirty seven breaks. I don't know. I don't remember. Oh, I'm still mad at him. I wouldn't cut it off. Yeah, this is, I, I, I thought that was you. I, I told John kind of a version of that story in the past because I wasn't there again for that one. But I remember uh, we were talking a little bit about safety and stuff and winch safety. And, and I mentioned about how, especially with some of these faster winches, you know, if you're not 100%, not, not blaming you at all, but if you're not right on point you know you can suck your hand into a winch pretty easily and uh i thought that was you that had happened to and it sounds like you damn near lost your hand doing that so um luckily i was luckily i was fast enough where i only caught my ring finger yeah yeah Oof. absolutely um and and a little, little funny story about this uh joel who was with us he's he's like six six or something like that and he i i gave him the jeep and i told him i said here you drive me you drive us to the hospital and that was back when I still had a stick in it, and he couldn't operate the clutch. Don't so, Jesus. so I had to drive it, drive it back. And I, I looked at him before we're leaving, which I don't remember this. I talked to him the other day, and he told me he told me this. He says, "Do you remember looking at me and telling me if I pass up, grab the wheel?" <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah. Well, how else? How else was I going to get there? Well, I mean, it, yeah, it is what it is. You got to do what you got to do, man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Speaking of, uh, you got to do what you got to do. Were you, uh, you know, my memory is foggy on this because we're talking so many years ago now. Were you on the run up near your area when Silas put his Toyota through the ice? Yes. Oh, man. Okay. So I've told that story on the podcast a couple of times that people think it's bullshit because they think it didn't happen. You tell your version of Silas putting that Toyota through the ice. Please, please tell that story. Well, if I remember correctly, Silas was leading, and we were just basically uh, making trails through the snow because that's b- about what you do when you snow wheel. Yep, yep. And 
And he, since his Toyota was nice and light and locked front and rear, he decided that he'd go first. And he was on like 42s, and, uh, wasn't he? 38s or 42s, I can't Yeah, they were like right big TSLs or something. Yeah, okay, go ahead, go ahead. Yep. yep. Well, anyway, he uh, he sees this fire road that goes off to the right, so he figures, well, let's take that and see what kind of adventures we can get into. Well, he jumps over the, jumps over the berm, and the, the front tires just roll over nice and neatly, but the rear end, since it's so light, kind of did a hop. And when it did that hop, the rear end broke through the ice. Oof. So, so, and we don't know how deep it was because it actually buried, buried his Toyota. Or it's not the whole Toyota. End, but when you say buried, how deep did that thing go? We don't know. Hey, was was the water like pretty much over the roof? Yes. See, okay, Whoa. I, I've told that story so many times that people are like, there's no way that happened. And I'm like, it happened, man. It happened. Huh. Uh, okay, so Bernie was well, there. He could back me up. You know, all you listeners out there who think that I've told, think that I'm exaggerating on that story, Silas put that thing through the roof on the ice. But okay, so anyway, so he put it through there. How did we get it out? Well, originally what he decided to do is he tried to decide to winch it out. Yep. And so he hooked it to hooked his winch to a tree right in front of him and tra- tried to pull himself forward. My memory Which serves me was, right. Yep, exactly. <laughs> but what happened is his rear tires got stuck underneath the ice, so he uh, oh. it wasn't enough to pull him up over. So, but he had, if I remember right, he had crawler gears in there, so he was trying. He put in his crawler gear to try to get the rear tires to bite to crawl him up. And it was not hitting the that. bottom, man. It was not hitting the bottom. The thing was just floating, nope. basically. Hmm. Well, no, no, no. This was just the rear end. Yeah, yeah. Effort. And then so he put in crawler gear and tried to tried to go crawler gear. Well, he heaved up the ice just enough where the front end melted. Mm. So now he's sitting there kind of floating because the, the winch line is tight, but it's underwater, so he, his winch wouldn't work. Shit. <laughs> oh, uh, so, so we had another, we had a full-size Bronco with a uh, H274 on it, so he drove up and he hooked up to the ass end of them. And, uh, then they had to use an axe to cut the cut the tree saber off because it's so tight. There's nothing they could do to get it out. Hmm. Do you remember how they and hooked? Do you remember how they hooked up the Toyota though? To to the Ford? No. Yeah. No, I do. I do not remember that. I was just kind of like, wow. <laughs> I was I was too in too in shock that it actually broke through that much ice. <laughs> well, okay. So you know? my memory, I remember he had a passenger. I don't remember his passenger's name, but he was sitting there and he was drinking a beer, and and I don't. I don't advocate drinking while wheeling, but his pa- Silas was not drinking, but his passenger was. And right. his passenger was sitting there drinking a beer, and it broke through the ice. And when the front end broke through and the water got up to about this guy's waistline, he was like, okay, I'm out. And he climbed out of the vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You yeah, remember that? that? <laughs> yes. He was, he, was, he was just sitting there cutting kind of nonchalantly like oh silas will get us out of here we're fine exactly (laughs) and then uh silas uh stripped down to his boxers and dove in the water with a chain uh in the ice water and it it had to be what bernie how do you how cold do you think it was out there i mean i'm not gonna even say what i think it was i uh, my memory might be different but how cold do you think it was that day because i remember it being pretty damn cold what, probably 20 <laughs> exactly yeah. silas it, yeah. he's wearing white boxers and like boots and he dove into the water <laughs> and hooked up the chain to the back bumper of his toyota and then hooked it to a winch cable but anyways I mean, go, i'd have done it too yeah so uh, go ahead bernie but go tell us the rest of it well i was just gonna say it you know and then he he tried to stay in, in it while he's winching it back to try and help there's nothing he could do so he just got out to the side and 
got out of the way. Uh, <laughs> but then, but then the, if I remember correctly, Silas had to go back into the water because he left it in gear. Because <laughs> the Ford wouldn't, I, I might not be remembering correctly because there's been a lot of screwy instances. Dude, we're talking like 20 years ago. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, but I think he had to go, I think he, he didn't strip down to his boxers to get the, get the chain on this time. He just climbed over. He, it was up enough where he was able to walk on the back frame to reach in through the, through the uh, cab window. Yeah, and you know up, what? Now that you say that, I think you're right. I seem to remember him like walking around waist deep in the stuff. Like he had put some clothes back on, but he was like, he was like, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. But I, he was walking on the on the Toyota. He wasn't walking on the ground because his Toyota never hit the hit the bottom. Yeah, we don't know where the bottom was. That thing was like <laughs> fl- the forty twos were like kind of bobbing the whole the whole Toyota because it, it had a flatbed on the back of it and it was just a cab and a flatbed and that the forty twos had so much air in it the truck was kind of like half bobbing in the in the water. Yeah, advantage big tires. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. Yeah, big advantage big tires. Yep. But uh, then once it got in neutral, he just got it out of the way, and the guy in the Bronco put it in reverse, and he had a nice, healthy, uh, I can't remember what engine he had in there, but it was very healthy. And I know they don't recommend this, but it was kind of a, in a situation where whatever you can do to get it out type of situation. So even though it was only hooked with the wind strap, he, did, he put it in reverse and just gave her and pulled it right out. My, yeah. fav- oh, go ahead. my favorite part about that is I know it's not recommended, but <laughs> that was, I don't remember his name either, but that was the guy with the big purple Bronco that was on, um, I think he was on Mickey Thompson's, wasn't he? Yes. Yes. Yeah. That was Good the guy. guy. Yep. And he, and he had a bent 8.8 in the back of it, but for whatever reason, it kept running just fine. I remember his 8.8 had like kind of like a bow to it, but he was like, yeah, I'm going to run it till it blows. <laughs> that was the guy, wasn't it? I don't remember the bent 8.8, but it was, it was guy. Yeah, guy. Yeah, you're right. Yep, he had the big the big Bronco. I remember that. And, he, and then so Silas got out, and he was he was freezing his butt off, and so he hopped in in guy's Bronco, and uh, to thaw out. And they made, he rode back in that thing like half soaking wet, and they got the Toyota back. Uh, and from what I heard, now I I don't remember if I ever wheeled with Silas again after that, but I heard that they got that thing saw uh, thought out, and he was uh, and he kept wheeling it. It was fine. Yes, he changed the fluids because everything had water in it, and changed the plugs. Drink, you know, changed the oil. Make sure there's no water in the intake or in the uh, engine or anything. But he basically changed all the fluids and started it up and drove away. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not that same day, you know, a couple a couple of months later. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, uh, to me, in all my years of wheeling, all the things I've done, that that was like the craziest stuck I've ever seen in my life. I mean, somebody completely submerging. And I've told people that story before. And they're like, no, you're exaggerating. He probably only got it up to the tires. I'm like, no, this thing was underwater. And <laughs> they never believe me. And I'm like, no, this dude up in the UP in the middle of the winter dove down and hooked it up. And <laughs> yeah, so I'm glad that you're here to confirm that that Don't, actually happened. That sounds like something I'd do. <laughs> I mean, it really does. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, man. All right. All right. So, cool. You know, Bernie, um, you know, something else that I got to, we got to talk about a little bit here briefly is, you know, Bernie was a Uper by birth. He lived in the UP, moved around the country in the military, this and that. 
uh, wheeled in the UP for a number of years. I met him in the UP, um, but recently you have moved out of state, and uh, where are you at now, buddy? Glendale, Arizona, a suburb of Phoenix. And uh, I know you did it because, you know, kind of like me, I, I've got a little bit of arthritis, not as bad as you, but you've got some arthritis deals, and it's, the weather's better for you, right? Correct. I, I have rheumatoid, rheumatoid arthritis, which sends you into flares and stuff like that, and it sucks, and the weather's better for me out here than it is back home, back home in Michigan. I got the same thing going on with my knees and my knuckles, um, not my whole body, but I know you've been suffering it for years, uh, probably a lot of stuff with the military and all that, and once again, we thank you for your service and you know what you've done for the country. Um, but uh, by all means, of course, getting into a warmer climate is, is better. Being out in Arizona, um, I know you've only been out there for, what, about a year now? Is that what it is? Or have you been out there a year yet? Nope, I moved out in July. July. So you're really new. You're a new transplant to Arizona. Have you had time to explore the back roads in Arizona and kind of get an idea uh, of what you want to explore back there or out there? Uh, I have not really had a chance to get out and explore uh my my youngest daughter's boyfriend. He's he's from this area, and he drives a, a lifted uh, Dodge Ram second gen diesel. That he just he can't wait for me to get something to go out and play with a play with him with uh, out in the woods. You know, because he goes. I usually end up stuck at these certain places, and, <laughs> and uh, what I'm looking for, I found a couple, but they're a little bit out of my price range. I'm looking for a Ford GPW. Oh yeah, yeah, World War Two Jeep. I mean, you can't beat that. Yep, yep. And I don't care if it's modified. Like the one I'm looking at right now has a 327 in it with a 420. And I would probably rip out the 327 and put a four injected 4.3 in it uh, just because that's uh, – had, I've had Jeeps with V8s, and you don't need a V8 or Jeep, especially something something from, a, from the 40s where it's half the weight of a YJ. Yeah, I would agree. That's. Uh, I think John. John's over here. Most of me. He's got a question or a statement or something. Not my only question. The the, the truck of this guy is it uh, manual or auto? It's a manual for SM four twenty. Oh, oh, I like it. In a second <clears throat> gen. Second. In a second gen Dodge. Oh no 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 no! That's on the on the Ford GPW that I'm looking. Oh, oh okay. Oh. oh sweet sweet man. Um, you know I I totally. I know you've always had a thing for flat fenders, and uh, I totally support the idea of you wheeling around Arizona in, you know, I'm not going to say your retirement years, but, you know, basically, um, you know, the next few years of your life, I, I think knowing you personally and knowing your style and what you like doing, I think you going around Arizona in a flatty would be just, I mean, that's, that to me, I mean, that sounds like an awesome life. Mm-hmm. That, that, that <laughs> you need to do it, man. I mean, you need to bite the bullet on that. You're telling me the one with the 327 is uh, like out of your price range or something, though, or what? Yeah, it, it's a little bit out of my price range right now. So I'm hoping that that he, by the time I can save up enough to buy it, he'll still have it. But if he doesn't, he doesn't, and I'll find something else. Yeah, I mean, fortunately, they made millions of those things, so uh, you can find another one. But uh, uh, I think that's a great idea getting around there, and I am really looking forward. We haven't been out in Senior Arizona House yet. Of course, I've stayed with you in Marquette. I've stayed with you in Nagani, where you've lived. Um, I've I, and well, Harvey. yeah, and Harvey. I've been to three of your houses. I've, <laughs> dude, you and I have known each other way too long. 
idea for Will and Field Trip. We got to go visit Bernie in Arizona. I've I, never been there. I like that idea. I really do. Um, and Arizona does have some beautiful backcountry. I've I've wheeled. You know, as you know, John, I've been in. I, I've gone to all fifty states. I've seen all fifty states multiple times. Um, I've probably Not a fraction of that. I've probably wheeled in. 25 states nice. i have never wheeled in arizona i would love to wheel in arizona i Excellent. i think it would be a lot of fun and i think that you me you know maybe whoever we can get together um we need to see this uper transplant we need to go out and see him in <laughs> arizona like and we need to wheel with him because um, i think that's a great idea you know and, and you know wheeling wheeling listeners i know we listen all around the world you know one of the things um let me back up here for a minute because we got you on the phone and I know this is a last minute thing and I thank you I can't thank you enough for just answering the phone and being like, Oh yeah, I'll go on. For Which sure. a lot of times when we have a guest where we plan it days or even weeks in advance. Uh I literally called it's you quite literally minutes before the I call, hit yeah, the I called you button. minutes before we hit the record <laughs> button. Um when we look I think it at, was seconds. I don't even think it was a full I minute. know. When we look at our um you know, Andrew, the producer, he knows he can look at his computer and he he knows where people are listening around the world. And we have, for whatever reason, a number of people that listen to us in the Middle East. Now, we don't know for sure. We can speculate. We're like, oh, well, maybe it's people who live in Iraq, Afghanistan, things like that. But the reality of the situation is it is probably service members who are certain currently serving in the Middle East who are listening to Whelan. Cheers to you and thank you for your service. Yeah, cheers to you and thank you for your service. You know, we're listening to this, you know, we're talking here to this jarhead, and, um, you know, Bernie, what would you say to our listeners who are listening currently in the Middle East who are serving? Because I'm pretty sure we have a number of them that do. Because we get seriously like 100, 200 downloads uh, per episode in the Middle East, and I know that people are serving over there, and we always thank them for what they're doing. Bernie, being a Marine and being somebody who's been in Okinawa and all over the world, you know what? You know, people who are wheeling in the in the, not to put you on the spot, but you know, do you have anything you'd like to say to these service members? Get the get the job done. Get home safe. Man, I like that. I like that. Get the job done. Get home safe. Absolutely. You know, for you guys who are listening in the Middle East right now, and I know that we've got a whole bunch of them that are, because Whelan's become a pretty popular podcast all around the world, but including the Middle East, you know, you're listening to a guy right now who served our country. He is, he's been, you know, and actually you didn't even talk about that. You've been involved with the VMW and stuff for years, haven't you? Yep. Yep. What have you done with them? Uh, let's see, I was commander for four years and I held just about every other position. Uh, I know I usually don't like to do my own horn, but I'm going to do it this time anyway. Uh, I'm, I'm asking nice you to, I'm putting you on the spot. I know, I know <laughs> I am. I'm sorry, buddy. But you know, I, I just, you have no idea how much I respect what you've done for our country and what you, you know, I mean, I, as, as a, as a personal friend and a wheeler and all that, absolutely. But you being a service member and most of my family being service members, I never served, as you know, but I really respect what you've done. So go ahead. Toot your own horn. Tell, say what you've been doing. Um, about, oh, crap, three years ago, four years ago, 
they came up to the, the state of Michigan came up to DUP and said that they're cutting out the Michigan Veterans Trust Fund agent. So we're gonna have to close down the office unless they can figure out somebody that would volunteer to take the position for what about the hell? two years. Yes, and I mean the pay—I think it was something like three hundred dollars a quarter. So I mean it wasn't that great to pay anyway. Yeah, I mean it's chump change. Yeah. So, but being the type of person I can, I am, I couldn't, I could not let that happen because the DUP is very rural as it is. So I said, I will volunteer to step in and fill that void for two and a half, two years or whatever, until I moved to Arizona. So I stepped in and filled that role for two years, two, approximately two years, I think it was. And uh, because of that, the VFW put me in for better another year in 2019. And I did get it. Uh, so I was oh. better another year in two, 2019. Congratulations. Uh, I didn't even know. About, see, once again, he doesn't toot his own horn. I never knew anything about this. Yeah. I know Bernie quite well. I mean, you've never said anything about that. That is awesome, man. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And uh, the, the the thing that kind of hurt a little bit was is I did it for two years, and then when the, when the county took it over, they made it paid again, and they were like, the the person who was in charge of, of the county said, well, if you want it, I can give it to you, but you know, I don't know how well you're going to do. I'm like, I've been doing it for two years. I know what the hell I'm doing. Oh, and, shit, uh, yeah. But the way he approached it, it kind of bothered me. So I, so I said, nah, no, I don't even want it. And the guy who took it over, every time I ran into him, he's whining about it, how stressful it is and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, dude, I did it for two years. I know exactly what you mean. You know, that's... I, I, I can't thank you enough for what you're doing. And here's something that I would like to say, and by all means, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, because I've never served, I don't know, but I, I have a lot of friends, a lot of friends that serve. And um, I know that a lot of service members, um, especially when they're deployed, they get that depression in their mind, like, this is it. This is this is all I'm going to do. This is... This is this is the peak of my life, but the reality of the situation is you get guys like Bernie who come home from serving and they do so much more for their community and they go out wheeling and they explore the back country and everything. So if you're listening to us in the Middle East or wherever you are in the world right now and you're serving and you're thinking, you know, I would love to get home and wheel again. Know that guys like Bernie, they did that. You know, they got home and they wheeled the Rubicon and they wheeled the UP and they, which by the way, the UP is some of the toughest wheel in the world. And, you know, just know that, you know, Bernie's a success story. You know, yeah, he's got, he, he is, his body's screwed up from being in the military and, and, you know, it sucks. But, you know, at the same point, you know, he had, he's a success story. He is the guy who has gotten, he's come back and he's seen the outdoors and he's traveled these backcountry areas. So know that, you know, um, you know, your, your time serving is not the end all. He is the, he is a poster child for the guy who comes back and raises a family and takes them out wheeling and sees the backcountry and, you know, all these awesome places. And, you know, that's, you are the guy, man. I mean, that's 
you know, John, you said you want to say something. What do you, what do you want to say? Well, I was just going to say for anybody who's not here or wherever you are, uh, let's ask for a shout out from those people who can't be here right now for where they want to wheel and where they're from. Yeah, if you want to go four by four talk or something, I mean, no, a lot of times guys that are serving can't say where they're at. Yeah, don't don't say where you're at, but just say where you're from and where you'd like to go. And you, you know, if if Brother Bernie has inspired you to to be like, hey man, I'm gonna come home. I'm gonna be Bernie. I'm gonna go wheel in the UP. I'm gonna go wheel in Arizona. I'm gonna go wheel wherever in the country. Yeah. I'm gonna do this. Um, so it's not. It's a curiosity of where, not necessarily where you're at. I know a lot of the guys who are where you're at can't. I know people who are there and can't talk about it, but for those of you, just let us know where you're from and where you want to go. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a curiosity. What's your at this home point. state? You know, yeah. what's. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, um, unless you like automatic transmissions, don't respond. <laughs> tell <laughs> Kidding, us, of course. <laughs> Bernie, tell us if we're off base. Even if man. you're one of them, just let us know. I, like I just said, I, know. I, know that, I know that your time serving, you know, it took its toll on your body and all that, but. You've been an inspiration to all these guys, and you know I know my dad. I mean, you didn't know him very well. You met him a couple of times, but my dad respected the hell out of you. Uh, it was just, uh, you know, you know, an old jarhead like you that 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 did your time. You came home, and instead of being one of those, I don't want to say stereotypical, but stereotypical. I guess that's the right word. You know, service members. Doesn't matter, Marines, Army, Navy, you know, Air Force, whatever, you know, Coast Guard that comes home and says, "Okay, those are my glory days." You came home and said, "This is part of me, but I continued to build a life, and I've continued to be out there in the off in the off road world and the outdoors, and I've enjoyed." And to me, that's a success story. That's a huge success story. Thank you. Uh, it, uh, and I'll be honest with you, it didn't come right away. Uh, what what actually got me involved with like the VFW and stuff like that was watching my own struggles with the VA system and then talking to other people that had struggles and not getting anywhere, you know? So that's part of the reason why I started getting involved. And I felt just, just with that trust fund agent, I, I must've helped 300 people in that two years and you know that was some of those some of those people were getting close to being a, a a statistic of taking their own life and and that was really hard and it, i would like to reiterate that no matter what happens it's not not a, it's it'll always get better tomorrow it may not be tomorrow tomorrow it might be 6 months from now but it will get better absolutely you know you've got a beautiful wife you've got beautiful children you got an awesome house out there in Arizona. You had a great house in, in Nagani as well, the last house you had there. Um, you know, your life, there's so many people that can, you know, that's that. You got the dream, man. You've been living the American dream. And, you know, and not that anybody should be jealous of you, but at the same point, they should aspire to be you. You know, get out of the service, you know, you know continue. If you want to come home, you know, you're listening to Wheeling, you, you're a fan of off-roading, keep off-roading, you know, build your family, build your life here back in the States when you get home. Be Bernie. Be Bernie. <laughs> I mean, 
That that should be like it should be hashtag be Bernie. I mean that's literally what it is, you know. Because we can start a whole new movement here. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you know, our treasurer at the museum, Dan. He's a current service member. He serves in the Air Force. He's our treasurer. He he is a wheeler. He's an off roader. You know, that's the that's the mentality you need to to find. Is yeah. you need to say, you know, this is my job for now. You know, it's an honorable job. You're in the military. You're doing the 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 dirtiest job for the least pay for the honor of your country. You're doing that, but that doesn't mean that that is the the pinnacle of your life. Finish your job, come home, then continue on in your passions, continue on in your in your hobbies, even if you're not into off-roading, if you're into hiking or backpacking or or hot rods or you're into collecting stamps, it doesn't matter. Whatever you're into, come home and build your passion, build your family. Yeah. Be like Bernie. Bernie has <laughs> is a success story and yeah. that's, you know, I, if I ever went into the military, I mean, I'm too old now. I'm maybe too old. I don't know if our country goes to hell. Maybe I will join. I mean, it is what it is. But, um, you know, the be like Bernie. Bernie is a role model for you service guys. You know, all those 18, 19, 20, 23-year-old guys, if you're listening to us now, be like Bernie. You know, I without outing your age, Bernie, you're a little bit older than me. You know, you be like Bernie, you know. He has this awesome life, awesome family. You can do it, and you're you're awesome, man. I, you know, you've been a huge inspiration to me. Um, you were when when I uh, was a young wheeler, you know, in my early twenties, and I came up, and you know, you were like, "No, dude, we can fix your S10 in your front yard, it, and we can do this, and we can do that, and you can crash in my basement. You can, you know, you outreach to this young community." To a guy you didn't even know, you can sleep in my camper slash pop up. You know, uh, <laughs> you were you you without people like you, our off road community would die. You know, or w- at least it wouldn't be the the home the home feeling or whatever you want to call it the you know the grassroots community that we are. And mm-hmm. you know, you're you're genuine. You're just a genuine person. Um, having you in this community, and I know that you know a lot of our listeners in the UP or Northern Michigan probably know who know you, but the people that don't, <laughs> you're you're freaking awesome, man. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, it kind of sounds like you're getting ready to wrap up, so I do have one more thing to say. Sure. Uh, and if you are in the wheeling hobby and something comes up and you have to sell it, go ahead and sell it. Life life is is is. I hate to say it this way, but you have a long life ahead of you. Maybe you have to get rid of it for five years. They're just physical items. Exactly. Exactly. You know, they're just physical items and you can always get another one. Cause that's cause, uh, like my YJ, when I, when my oldest daughter turned 16, they put her on as a primary driver for that. And my insurance rates were like $3,000 a month. Cause it was so modified. And, uh, uh, so I sold it for a while and got into core wheelers and side-by-sides and stuff like that for a little while because they were cheaper and you didn't need to have insurance on them. Yeah, this one, Lucas, and I got into uh, bikes for a while. Yeah. Yes, yes, exactly. You know, and uh, so yeah, I just want to leave that with your listeners, too, that, you know, I mean, if you have to get rid of it for a couple of years, it's not the end of the world. 
Absolutely. Or the other option would be, or the other option would be to go find a five hundred dollar beater in the woods someplace, or in the farmer's field someplace, and wheel that. Nothing wrong with that. I kind of live my life on that principle. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, Bernie. Man, I tell you what, you you you're you're awesome. We love having you on the show, um, and thank you so much for agreeing to come on. Um, Not a problem. I I you know anytime, man. You thank you so much. I really yeah, appreciate absolutely. it. Yeah, absolutely. Learned a lot tonight. No Thank you, sir. <laughs> All right, John, do you have, you know, Bernie, stay on the line for a second, but John, do you have any final moments uh, or final statements you want to say about wheeling? The, you know? the only question, and I, I don't want to put you on the spot if you don't know, but if there's anybody who needed anything coming back, where should they reach out to? Or how, how could they reach out for more assistance or more getting back to normal? You're talking service me? members. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Well, there's a couple different ways to do that. If you, if you are getting out, I recommend getting a service officer right away and going to all the classes that they recommend when you get out. Uh, uh, like the BFW usually has service officers. Some counties have service officers, DAV. I recommend getting one of those right away to help you with your claim if you should have one and to help get you, get you the benefits that you've earned. Uh, also, if you are in... Uh, dire Straits. The I know the VFW has it. I think a couple other places have it where they can help you out financially as well. Uh, now you have to have a need for that. A lot of places also have the trust fund, which that's what I did up in up in the UP there. Uh, that will help you with finances as well. But you got to have a need, and uh, I know like for the trust fund they go over three months bank bills so like if you have withdrawals from the casino it's an automatic denial so that so you got to be careful with what you have you know so uh don't gamble that's, say again don't gamble yeah don't gamble okay keep out al- keep alcohol to a minimum if at all possible uh and go to the va for help yeah I, I never knew about any of that that is really yeah. freaking cool yeah Absolutely. Well, Bernie, sure that, well, go ahead. I was just going to say, and make sure they pay attention to the out processing classes because they cover a lot of this stuff. And when I went, I signed in and left. And a lot of people do. So go to the class and pay attention. So what you're saying is there are resources that are available. Take advantage mm-hmm. of them. Don't disregard them. Exactly. That's that. That's good. I didn't know about that. I didn't even know they had any of those. So that is really cool. And uh, you know, like I said, stay in the line for a minute. Um, you know, I really appreciate you coming on, John. I know yes. you have some final words. Um, typically for the Wheeling Show, what, <laughs> where can people reach us and stuff like that? Well, of course, a huge thank you to Mr. Bernie here for taking the time to speak with us tonight. A uh, huge thanks, and of course, congratulations to Mr. Andrew, our producer. Without him, none of this would be possible. Uh, if you guys would like to reach out more to us, go ahead and get on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash groups. Look up 4x4 Talk, and that's where we are. You can reach us, interact with us, and anybody else in the community. Uh, patreon.com slash radio. You can get access to the after show, including a special bonus episode that's going to follow here with a uh, very interesting interview we did this evening, or well, we'll do this evening, rather. 
Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Other than that, I think I just got to close this with uh, thanks for listening and have a good night, everybody. Well, you forgot, John. Oh, did I forget? Um, if people are interested, make sure you go on Facebook and like the Museum of Off-Road Adventure Ooh. page. Uh, check yes. us out there. You can also join the group 4x4 Museum, which is like history-type stuff with off-road vehicles what if you're bits, into yeah. that. So, yeah, for sure. Um, but that's about it. So, John? Yeah, again, thanks for listening, and have a good one, everybody.